Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk. Uh, this is Chris Marwitz, and I'm sitting here and... and yeah, you know, of course we have with us former NFL player James Loving and James is just it's always it's a good week. It's always a good week and 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 we we've been doing we've been on a roll, haven't we, with with our guests and 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 everybody we've been having on and there's always been so much good stuff happening. Yeah, well, I'm kind of a little shocked. You know, you have this guest on right now cuz I know we got to talk about his chief, so I'm going to have to bear down <laughs> and take it from him today, you know, Chris. <laughs> oh, I hear you, and, and you know I, I've been I've been talking about them big time. So, yeah. you know what? I want to introduce our guest. It's former NFL player JJ Burden. JJ, welcome back. You know from from last year. We're glad to, glad you'd come back on again. Well, hey Chris and James, I appreciate the invite and had a great time last time. So I excited to have an opportunity to talk a little bit about football. And like James already said, feeling pretty good about my KC Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, well, they're they're just doing phenomenal, you know. Um, but uh, but besides that, so so before before we start getting to talk about that, um, go ahead and give our guests a little little background on you. You know, where you played in college, how you got to the pros, where all you played at, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So a um, little bit about my background. So I'm an Oregon Duck. Uh, born and raised in Oregon, played for the Ducks. They were coincidentally they were the only Division One school in the, in the Pac-10 that would allow me to do football and track. So I actually did football and track when I was at Oregon. And um, and Chris and James, I was really more track. I was trying to make it to the Olympics. I didn't even want to really play football. I only went out because everybody said I was too small. And I I begged Rich Brooks, the head coach, to let me walk on my second year. And he finally gave in, and all of a sudden I'm playing college football. But I was a 1988 Olympic trials qualifier in the long jump, so that's really what I was going for. And coincidentally, after a very uh, not-so-impressive football senior year, I got drafted by Cleveland late, and I thought, well, let me go to the Cleveland Browns mini camp to see what the NFL is all about. Let's come back, get ready for nationals and Olympic trials. And um, I tore up my ACL ligament, and the mini camp for the rookies for the Browns. And that's when everything changed. I, I couldn't run track anymore, so I thought, let's go to Cleveland. I'm hurt. They got to rehab me and get me back to 100%. But we always say what, you know, sometimes when bad things happen, they can be blessings in disguise. And that year, I sat on IR, I watched and I learned, I got healthy, I got bigger, and that's when I realized that, you know, I can play in the NFL. And that began the journey, and I got cut the next year by the Browns, and I went to Cowboys, and then end of the season, Cowboys said I was not going to be good enough to play in the NFL, and a couple of months later, the Chiefs picked me up, and I signed with the Chiefs, and I guess the rest is history, and ended up playing nine years, and um, retired in 1997, and then I transitioned and, you know, did some different things in the corporate world for about 10 years, but... I've been very successful the last five or six years in the, um, I'm, a, I'm a keynote motivational speaker. So I do a lot of corporate motivational speaking. I wrote a book, uh, two years ago that became a bestseller. And between that and, you know, promoting a health and wellness product line through Isogenics, um, that's pretty much what I do. I love what I do. I help people, but a lot of the things I learned during my journey to the NFL and the time I spent in the NFL, I've been able to teach to other people to help them achieve what's important to them. So that's a little bit of a quick background at, uh, about J.J. Bird, really. Wow, JJ, fantastic. Before, before, Chris, before you get started, J.J., I want to say one, like Chris said, thank you again for being on because Every time you're on, it's an uh, eye-opener and it's a learning lesson for me, not only for our listeners, but um, like I said, you know, we got to get into it. we got to talk about your chief, which is going to make my day sad. But um, <laughs> I want to say, one, can you just talk a little bit, just a little bit more? I know Chris got a uh, thing for us, but that's important that you had your eyesight on track than football because I had my eyesight on baseball than football. And a lot of kids have uh-huh. sports, but really football is not the one. 
Uh, if you didn't get injured, injured, what would you have done, and how can you tell these kids, if you want to do track, go for track and forget football, or what would you tell them, you know, today, if they had two Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a great question. And, James, I'm always asked from different parents, you know, they have an athlete, um, how can they improve their athletic ability? How can they improve their speed? And the first thing I always ask them is, are they running track and field in the spring? Um, and if they're not, I'd say that is the best recommendation I can give you to really improve your, your speed, your speed endurance, your toughness, uh, the mental, you know, strength you need to train as a track athlete. And that's it's always going to help your sport. And I don't like how young athletes today are specializing. You know, they might play one sport year around. And I'm thinking like, you know, one, you need to create options because you never know if that one sport you're in is going to be the one that takes you as far as you want to go. It's always nice to have options. And so I'm glad that I did football. And, James, I did play basketball, but I quit basketball my junior year because I realized I wasn't going to play basketball in college, and I thought I could start training for track earlier. And I had options. I mean, look what happened to me. I had options. Um, now, had I not torn up my ACL – at the Cleveland Browns mini camp, I'll tell you, James, I may have never played football because my passion wasn't football. I enjoyed it. The passion was track. But since I had the setback, I had to think of, okay, what's the plan B? Well, the plan B is the NFL, and it all worked out. So I always encourage athletes to do more than one sport. I think there's advantages athletically, mentally, coaching-wise, and also, too, like you already shared, you were a baseball player, and what if you didn't go football? Maybe you could have gone baseball. It's, create some options because you just never know what the future is going to hold. And think about this, too, James. I went to Oregon on a track scholarship, not a football scholarship. I was all state in high school, but all the colleges said I was too small. So I used track to get to college where I graduated right. and got a degree uh, but what if I never ran track and I just did football? I mean, I would have never had some of those options come my way. But but when I did get to the Oregon, and I tell people this, you can't wait for your opportunity. Sometimes you have to create it. Because my first year at Oregon, they weren't asking me to play football. The second year, I started watching spring ball, and one day I just decided I know I can play and I got I to gotta make some noise. And I stood on the field. And the next day, Rich Brooks, the head coach, came down the field and said, Burden, why are you out here watching practice? And that started the journey. And look how far it took me, nine years in the NFL. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the other thing that, that, that I think is so wonderful, JJ, I don't know, a lot of people don't, can't, don't remember your story, but um, you guys, you, you and your wife have three children, but then you adopted um, your, I believe it was, you, you adopted your, your, your family members' children, correct? Yes, good memory. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I mean, it was not part of the plan. Our plan was to have three children and raise three children, and that was going good until I got a call that my sister's children in Tulsa, Oklahoma, five of them were going to be placed in five separate foster homes, and so I just flew out there to kind of check on things and realize that I was the next of kin, and the judge said, you can either take all five or you can let them be placed in separate foster homes. And, you know, and we talk about this in football because in a football game at any point something unexpectedly happens. And yep. sometimes in life we got to call an audible. And we, my wife and I called an audible, and we took all five of those children and it wasn't easy, but I tell you, it was one of the best things we did because not only did we impact five more lives, but I believe they impacted our lives too. And, and now today, six of them are out on their own doing their thing, and a couple of them are married, and two are still left at home. So we have no regrets at all making that decision. That's wow. amazing, JJ. That's all for you and your wife. <laughs> Exactly. Thank you. You know, because a lot, a lot of people don't know what they can do for, for others, and you guys did. So, you know, that that is that is big. Yeah. Well, I tell you, it helps have an amazing wife because I literally told the judge, I was like, uh, I need to call my wife first, you know, before I make this decision. And, and when I called her, it took five minutes. My wife was like, Could you really sleep? 
knowing that we could have done something and we were both in agreement. We take them all, Judge, you know, so it helps having a partner like that. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, again, you know, congratulations to both you and your wife for, for what you've done, you know, to make, make their lives better. So, so let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll start talking about the team that I like watching, the Kansas City Chiefs. So we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of a former player who also has coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. He'll talk about the draft, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl has the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. He'll cover the camps on and off the field and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby on Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Loving That Sports Talk. Again, this is Chris Marwitz, and I'm sitting here with James Loving, former NFL player of the Philadelphia Phillies. And James, this, this, is, this is a good week. This is a really good week. You know, we have, we have former player, NFL, NFL player, J.J. Burden with us. And I don't know how you said this is a good week, because you got me here <laughs> on the show, and I'm going to have an argument with J.J. about the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know if you're talking about a good week. Okay, but before you get into it, wait, wait, wait. I want to ask JJ one question. What was it like to play with Joe Montana? That um, probably the most popular question I'm asked about my my NFL career, and I tell you, it is um, it was very rewarding because I think one is just out of it because Chris, I was like shocked when all of a sudden. Joe signed with us because I'm thinking, man, I was in the eighth grade watching Joe throw touchdown passes, you know, and win Super Bowls for San Francisco. Now I'm in the huddle with him. And, but it didn't take me long to recognize why Joe was so great. You know, there's a saying out there that goes like, success leaves clues. And I watched Joe like a hawk. And you could tell why he was a great player, why he had such a long, successful career. And so, um, I was uh, appreciative of everything I learned from him, but also Joe was just one of the guys. He was just a cool Joe, down to earth, which really impressed me more than anything. He was just one of the guys. So great experience, definitely one of the highlights of my career. Perfect. All right. Okay, are you guys ready? You got your gloves on? You're ready to fight, ready to battle it out? <laughs> I'm going to ask it. So and and I, I'm okay. I can't help but keep talking about Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. This past weekend, he threw for 358 yards and four touchdowns. He now has thrown for a total of 2,223 yards and 22 touchdowns. Basically, he's broken an NFL record of 21 set by Kurt, Kurt Warner. As entertaining as he is, how long can, can he keep up this pace, JJ? Well, that is a very good question because 
as much as I love, obviously, the Chiefs and what Patrick Mahomes has done, I really think these next couple of weeks are going to be very crucial because now, I don't know, what are we into? Week six, seven, or what are we into Coming now? Up on week eight. seven? What are we into? Coming up on eight. Seven. Week seven. Coming up on eight. So, and James knows this. Now, the defensive coordinators have a lot of film on him. And I know defensive coordinators have been known to identify one or two three bad plays a quarterback may have in previous games and build a game plan based off of those plays. So we're going to get to see over the next couple of weeks what kind of finishing to the season he'll have. But I tell you, if he's what he seems to be, a student of the game, he's got a great mentor in Andy Reid, and if he can adapt these next couple of games, I think they definitely have uh, the potential to go all the way. I think these next games are going to be very, very critical for Patrick Mahomes. James, well, let's go ahead and hear you. Agree with, I have to agree with JJ and then I have to disagree. I agree, like you said, film, because team does that to get film on you. But it's kind of like I think this year he'll go through what he's still doing because it takes a year to look at Dak Prescott, that year he had, and then the next year he's just horrible because they had a year film on him. And I think mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, I think it's that year he's having like all these other um, some rookies look out and have a good year that first year, then they struggle the next couple of years because there's film on them. And um, I listened to Deion mm-hmm. Sanders today on um, Chris Carter and show, and he said something important. He said the reason why he was so good at new receiver, he studied film by film on them, what route they run mm-hmm. when they come out of the stands, you know. And that's how he was able to do what he was to do because they didn't change that if you watch the film. So and I think that's what they're going to do with um Patrick next year, I think that's a good year. The thing with me about the Chiefs, I got to get on JJ, is they had that same year, I think it was last year, they started off 5-0, and and they bombed. Mm-hmm. I like Andy mm-hmm. Reid as a coach, but I just think Tennessee is that team to get your hopes up and get in there, and then they lose the first round, or, you know, just because they got so much talent, and they just don't know how to win. I think, you know, um, and it's a money game, so Patrick up on this money, the run back up on this money, then you got the receiver, Tyree Hill. Could be a lot of problems. They're gonna start getting rid of team players, you know, one, two players like Philly doing and they can't win it again. So I think they'll win their division. They'll lose a couple of games. But I don't think they'll go to the Super Bowl this year. I don't know, JJ, you think they will? Well, I guess, you know, here I think twofold. One one is, I agree with you, because last year you're right, 5-0, and and then all of a sudden, you know, they started losing games and they couldn't finish. This year, though, James, I don't know. It's, I think it's a little different team because look how these guys are winning because you would think that, okay, Jacksonville, because Jacksonville was hot. You know, they were doing great at the time. Chiefs handled them. They almost beat the Patriots, which they should have beat, but they played a great game. And then they came back. you think they would have a letdown game, and they let Cincinnati Bengals have it. So um, unlike last year, I think that these games like that, they would kind of fold. They're making a statement. And I think these guys are a little bit more hungrier this year because of the past, you know, where they have, you know, uh, they had opportunities to, to go all the way, but they couldn't finish. So um, I love what I'm seeing so far. I think it's I have to give some uh, recognition to Clark Hunt because I think Clark Hunt, the owner, has really been patient with Andy Reid and has allowed him to really, you know, get his guys in there, the type of guys that they need offensively. Uh, my concern, James, is the defense. I do believe the defense is getting better, but are they going to be strong enough to when it really counts toward the end of the season? Because as you know, you can have a great offense, but a great offense is not going to win a Super Bowl because you're going to need a good defense. So these next couple of weeks are going to be really critical to see if the defense can do what they did last week to Cincinnati. Now can they do it to Denver, Cleveland, Arizona, and all these games coming up? Well, that's what I'm worried about, J.J., because you know once playoffs start, it's a different season. It ain't the regular season mm-hmm. like it is. You know, games ain't going to be 45-48. You know, you have games, mm-hmm. you know, 15, 18, you know, because everybody cracking down and they know one mistake you lose. So, and I just think, you know, you still got, I mean, much as I hate them, New England always find a way to win. Pittsburgh, um, yeah, you true. know, could pull off, but, you know, they're good enough. But I just think Kansas City, a young team, young guys, 
won't know how to win or when a mistake they make in the playoff game, know how to recover from it without, you know, Tom Brady coming back, leaving him two minutes on the clock when they shouldn't, you know. Or, um, you know what I'm saying? I just think just that year because, I mean, they're playing great for regular season and, you know, all the Kansas City mm-hmm. fans are happy, but it's just something about I think they're just going to not get there. And everybody, and like, look at what Minnesota, everybody say, oh, last year, Minnesota going to blow and get there, but Philly, you know, knew how to handle yeah. Minnesota, you know? So Yeah. Well, we'll see because I think with the defense, some of the pluses is, you know, they don't have their starting safety, Daniel Sorensen. They don't have their starting, you know, strong safety, Rick Barry or Eric Barry, and they're supposed to be coming back. You know, they got younger guys or guys that weren't even really in camp totally fulfilling those positions. So you know, as the defense showed improvement last week, when you get these guys in there, that should lift up the defense, as, as you already indicated. You do need some veterans in there. You need some guys that are used to um, playoff situations that know how to win. But we all know that you can be great during the regular season, but when you get to the party, when you get to the, you know, to the dance, you got to be able to perform. And that's what we're hoping this year, that when Casey gets to the show, they get to the dance, they know how to perform and they can finish. Uh, yeah, I didn't understand what the Lakers was doing. Getting, uh, I know they're throwing it off, but uh, they got Rondo, they got um, uh, Steven Jackson, all these older players. LeBron, no, he's going to need these older players at you know the playoffs. They get there, and that's what I think yeah. with these football teams. They can pick up the older players. They know they can probably only play one or two plays, but that knowledge of them on that field and talking to these young guys. Helps, you know. Absolutely. Um, so, and I think that's what the Chiefs need. They got a lot of. They got a young team. Um, I love Eric Berry. I love um, the other guy they got. Uh, uh, well, he's hurt. But uh, I think they got. You know, this won't be that year. It'll be that year with a good record. But I think you know they got at least a couple more years before they just start dominating. You know, running through like New England. Because New England done after this year. Yeah, you have to admit, I mean, you know, everybody likes to hate New England. and But you know what? Being a former player, man, I, I have to give them some respect because they just keep finding a way to be, um, you know, to be in the mix, to be in the conversation. I mean, they're just – people can say what they want about bringing those guys, but they, they find a way to get there, you know, and not a lot of teams can say that. So uh, I do have to give them their props, but it's going to take some team – who is just as hungry and just as prepared and don't get caught up in the it's New England and all that other stuff, man. They just got to go out there and do their job, you know, and 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 have a chance to get to the show, get to the Super Bowl. Right. Can, can I just talk about Patrick Mahomes at home a little bit? <laughs> I just oh, love watching him. I mean, you you I see him. He, he's studying the game constantly, constantly studying the game, and and. You know, that loss from New, that they had in, to New England, which you're right, they should have won that game. But that loss was actually good for them and good for him because, mm-hmm. you know, he, he he could have failed. You know, he could have turned around when they played Cincinnati and just said, you know what, I'm no good, blah, blah, blah. But he came out with force on that game. Mm-hmm. And he just has so much confidence. And, you know, for, for someone who's, you know, second year in the in the league, he has a mm-hmm. lot of respect of that team. Mm-hmm. JJ, I argue with Chris with this all the time, and I'm, I'm getting tired of this, Patrick. Will you tell him <laughs> about a first-year quarterback like this and what's going to happen the next year, please? Because she won't listen to me. So what James says is that by week 12 or 13, I think is what he stated, that Mahomes mm-hmm. is, is he, he's not going to be good after that. You know, the other teams are going to get to know him and, and study him, and he won't be good at, at, that, at that time. So what do you say? Well, I, you know what? I, I agree with him because – well, I agree with him part of the way because I do – I think he's right on point because they're going to, they're going to have studied him so much. But, but this kid, is, he's, an, he's very athletic. He's a student yeah. of the game. So we're going to see, though, if he has the maturity to be able to adapt in week 12 and week 13. And he will. 
will it happen this year or will it be next year? I don't know, but I'll tell you, the best thing that ever happened to that young man is that he sat on the bench and he watched yes. and he learned from Alex Smith. I think mean, that's the best thing that yep. could have happened to him, not having the pressure to play, you know, sitting back yep. and learning from a veteran. You just wish all these other rookies that are drafted, you wish yep. they had the luxury of sitting on the bench because that's, I mean, there's such a learning curve, and it doesn't matter how great you are in college. You know, you can come out of the game like Dak did his first year or, you know, or Robert Griffin did this first year, but at some point they're going to figure you out. And if you don't adapt and really, um, you know, understand the game and what it takes to play at that level, you're going to struggle. But, I mean, kudos to him. Kudos to the Chiefs organization. That was such a smart move of letting him yep. sit on the bench a year. You're right. Hey, we, uh, let's take, let's take Chris, our next break. When we, we come break, back, no. Chris, go ahead. Sorry. Before we go to the break, let me tell you something. He was right, Chris. He said the best thing was sitting on the bench. And I said that to you, Chris. You know, yes. that was the best thing for Aaron Rodgers. You sit on the bench, that's the best thing mm-hmm. um, for him. So he will succeed because of that, because all the other quarterbacks, they throw him in, you know. And and I, I got to admit you on that one. That is true. So. Sorry about that, Chris. Go ahead. Nope, you're fine. So tell you what, let's take our next break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the NFL. So we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of a former player who also has coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. He'll talk about the draft, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl has the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. He'll cover the camps on and off the field and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or drop an email to Loving That Sports Talk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Loving That Sports Talk. This is Chris Marwitz, and I'm sitting here just having a little, little, had a little argument with former NFL player James Loving. So, James, <laughs> now, now that we got you calmed down, uh, let, let's go ahead and talk to our guest. It's former NFL player J.J. Burden. And, J.J., you know, <laughs> we, 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 you and I know, you and I know that, 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 it's fun to watch what's going on with Kansas City. I'm I know I'm not a huge Kansas City fan, but you can't help but watch success. Yes, it's like um I don't know, it's, remember the Lakers, the, the the Lakers when Magic Johnson and him used to just run up and down the court and he's either dunking or redishing it to Kareem or to Coop or, you know, Worthy. I mean this is this is what the Kansas City Chiefs offense is and and I love that you know, management brought in all these different weapons because it's like, take your pick. You know, it's, you know, you got to think from a defensive coordinator standpoint, as your game plan, it's like, 
who are you going to double team? You know, is it going to be Chelsea? Right. Is it going to be, be Tariq? Is it Sammy? Is it, you know, is it Hill? I mean, who is it going to be? And I think that's what's exciting about that offense is that you got a quarterback who has the athletic ability and the intelligence to utilize all those weapons, you know, so they can score and be in the end zone at any given moment. I'm not going to take none away from the Chief. I'm going to let J.J. have his little um, happy time <laughs> this year. I'm not going to come in and ruin a birthday party, you know. I will let the party go on. But then, you know, when he's back on the show and, and, and Kansas City lose, you know, then we got to talk about the party. You know, <laughs> we got to talk about the party. Maybe the, cl- maybe the clown didn't show up and the kids was all upset, you know. But no, you know, JJ, one thing I will do, and I like, I, I, I sit back and I look at all these shows, I'll give all respect to anybody that even stepped on a NFL field because for you to go out and do that, you know, that's, that's a blessing, you know. You gotta have that talent, you know. So, you know, when I'm talking about players, I never want to put a player down or, or a team because, you know, you gotta be a special guy to get out there and make it a team and get out there and, you know, get hit, banged around. So, um, I just love it just to seeing people out there and doing what they do and you know. Um failure is not failure because it's what you do after, you know, you come back and get up and you do it again. You know, I was yeah. like when I was coaching when one of my kids dropped a like a big touchdown on some of the ball and I'm like, get back in the I said, throw it to him again. He throw him to he catch it, get mm-hmm. that confidence back, you know. So, um yeah. that's how I am and like I said, you know, um Kansas City, that quarterback, Patrick on, I love him. I just like to see him, you know, everybody on him now. Then when he don't have a year next year, oh, it was a flu. It was they putting him down. And his confidence go down. Because that's what's going on with that, you know. His confidence going down. Everybody's like, oh, that year he had. And, you know, he could be a great player, but he got thrown in there. You know. <laughs> he didn't have no time to sit. It was his first year. Tony got hurt. So that's how I am with that, you know. Hats off to the Chiefs. I'm going to the party. All right. <laughs> well, I'm glad to have you on. Guys, I think it's really, I think it's all about the defense. I think the Chiefs will go as far as the defense is going to take them. The offense is going to do their job, you know, but I really think it's up to the defense and how they improve progressing forward. If the defense gets better, hey, we definitely got a legitimate shot to be in the Super Bowl. If they don't, then, you know, it's going to be a tough road because they, what do they say? Offensive scores points, but defenses win championships. You've got to have a good defense. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a Super Bowl party y'all going to, JJ. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I, gave, I gave you the birthday party. Now you're getting carried away. See? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the NFL just finished week seven. There are a lot of injuries and holes that need to be filled both on offense and defense for teams. So the trade deadline is next Tuesday, October 30th. We've been hearing about some trades already, like Amari Cooper, you know, wide receiver from the Oakland Raiders, went to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and then uh, just recently, uh, the New Orleans Saints, he picked up, they picked up Eli Apple, cornerback from the New York Giants. My question is, how much time can teams expect the new players to take before they understand the playbook? JJ? Yeah, I, I, I was thinking about that with Cooper. Um, I think it was a I think it's a great choice, you know, for the Cowboys and I guess the Raiders have their own agenda. I mean they're planning for that move in Vegas, but but for a wide receiver, i remember I signed with the Dallas Cowboys in nineteen eighty nine about the sixth or seventh year uh, game of the season and I remember I was like, Oh my goodness you know, it was a hard learning curve. Now I was a practice player, so I wasn't a starter. But for someone like Cooper, it's going to be a crash course, and it it takes time. You know, they'll bring him in there and make sure he understands the basic route tree, and it really depends on how much time he puts into studying and his preparation will determine how much he can play in a game. You know, um, they'll set up plays specifically for him so that he knows he's running a hook or he's running a go route or he's running a, a crossing route. But, but Chris, it's, it's really – there's going to be a lear- learning curve. It's going to take a couple of weeks to where he can really fully be immersed in the offense. It'll take some time. Yeah. James? 
Yeah, I don't know how complicated the offense is, but I know all offenses have a... I know I was at Philly, I was only with one team. We had a big, thick playbook. I mean, it had to be about a thousand pages in there. Different mm-hmm. rounds and stuff. Like, you, you got to be kidding me. They're like, that's your Bible. Don't ever lose that, you know. <laughs> you got to learn everything. I'm like, how? Oh, that's impossible. You know, and then you go into uh, every week of different teams. You learn a different route for learning because the different defense are different. So, you know, and like J.J. said, the game is so fast. I mean, you're up at the yeah. line, and when people watching TV, when that quarterback, you know, yelling something, that's what, two or three seconds? He called another play for the receiver to run, the lineman and the running back. So it's going so fast, you got to know what defense out there, what route you changing the run to, and all like that within split time. So it's going to be hard, you know, for him to come in. Like they say, they might have certain things for him at the beginning, just run a post on this one or that, you know, to get him acclimated. But it's going to be tough coming into um, week seven already and, you know, and learning. Mm-hmm. You know, it's gonna it's gonna be a challenge. You know, so we'll see. I think it was a good move for Dallas. You know, uh, and we'll see how it goes. I'm not a Dallas fan. You know, Dallas is. I rather cheer for the Chiefs. You didn't hear that? <laughs> <laughs> I got I got this cold, JJ. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So so since since we're talking about trades and so forth. What's going on with Oakland Raiders? First, they trade away Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack, who is one of the best players. Then they trade Amari Cooper. If I was on the team, I'd be looking over my shoulder wondering if I'm next. How much time do you give John Gruden to rebuild the Raiders? And is this going to be a short or a long rebuilding process? JJ? Yeah. I think, you know, there is a plan here, and that's a great question. How much time are they going to give them? Because he obviously is trying to position himself so that he can be able to draft the type of players that fit his system. You know, and I also think that they're thinking about Vegas. You know, they want to make sure they bring a team in Vegas that can hit the ground running, too. So the game we, we're a part of, or let's see, the game we watch now, it's, they want coaches to win yesterday. They don't give right. them that very. They don't give them very much time, but they did lock him in on what a ten-year guarantee contract. So, um, I have to think they're committed to, you know, giving him the time that he needs to to build the program. But you know the way the, the business is. If he's not winning in a couple of years. They'll find some way to replace him or pay him his contract out and move with someone else. So, um, I think Raiders have their own little agenda right now. They just they're planning for the future. Yeah. James? Yeah, I'm with you on that, JJ. I didn't see it at first. I thought, you know, that was the stupidest thing you ever do is not, you know, I, I mean, re-sign Mac. I thought that was something between Mac and Gruden, you know, personality Gruden, mm-hmm. trying to show that he the coach. But now I see it is agenda. You know, they're trying to get where when they get to Vegas, they got this new young team and they starting over, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's going to mm-hmm. backfire, you know, I think, because, well, it's kind of hard now, JJ, because I look at football now and like basketball and all this sports now. It's a, there's only a few players we really know now on the Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, you know, uh, Ben starting mm-hmm. to become these younger guys and they're taking over the sport and we don't really know who's playing now. You know, back then, you know, <laughs> the names, you know, the people, they're getting old and get pushed out. So it's this younger crowd now that, you know, trying to take over, you know, because that's why just got LeBron left and you got all these younger guys, but... You know, of course, it's like they're doing now. They, um, all these teams want to start over with the quarterback, get them in there, and, and, and start, you know, the team over there. Everybody want to try and do what Philadelphia Sixers did. You know, let's um, trust the process. You know, I think that's what John Gruden mm-hmm. trying to do. We got two years before they go to Oak, I mean, Vegas. He want to take a team over there, you know, to break it down this year. Get all those draft picks mm-hmm. next year. Then the following year they go to Oakland. They, they think they're gonna be up and running. So um, Oakland yeah. got their own agenda. I agree with you, JJ. Something going on. <laughs> well, well, tell you what. Let's take our last break. When we come back. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about what's going on in Oakland. So we'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports fans, players, coaches, and owners are all on Twitter. And the Voice America Sports Channel is there, too. If you need to stay on top of sports news and the most current discussions, follow us today at Voice AM Sports. That's Voice AM Sports on Twitter. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Loving That Sports Talk. Again, this is Chris Marwitz, and I'm here with former NFL player James Loving. Now, James, this has been a really good day, hasn't it, for you? Yeah, it's been, it's, it's been okay, you know. It almost was ruined, but, you know, <laughs> we can deal with it. So week 12, week 12, week 12. Hey, week, week 12 or 13, yeah, you just, you just count it down. Well, okay, we won't wait any longer. I want to introduce again to our former our, our former NFL player JJ Burden as our guest today. JJ, again, thank you for being on. You know, we always enjoy having you with us, and um, you 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 make me smile because because you make James <laughs> have to argue with you. <laughs> yeah, Chris, you and I are on the same page here. So um, there you go, James. James is just going to have to see what happens, but. I'm making a prediction: Chiefs versus uh, maybe Rams or the Saints in the Super Bowl. You heard it from me first. There you go. That that sounds good. That sounds plausible. So before we took our last break, uh oh, go ahead, James. Just want to say something. Everybody thinks the Chiefs and the Rams going to be there. Put it this way: one of those teams won't be in there. I just have to say that one of them won't be in the Super Bowl. Too much expectation on both of those teams, and and you know that never rarely happens when it's like that in football. The football is one game and done. Basketball, you go a series of seven, and the team better team always win. But you know how that is. So I just had to say, one of those teams won't be there. Yeah, and I think it's going to be the Rams won't be there. I think the Saints might. Saints, they got a good team, a solid veteran team, some good players. I, I think it could be the Chiefs and the Saints. Notice I said Chiefs and the Saints. Yeah. <laughs> I've noticed. I picked up on that. <laughs> you you play, playing in Atlanta? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to have them. I'm gonna have to have them edit edit this out. But I agree with you on the Chiefs <laughs> and the Saints. Because the Saints is a team that I thought last year, if Minnesota didn't be on that play, they would have beat Philly or more. Yeah. You know. Yes. Yeah. So I could see that Saints and the Chiefs. I could see that. I'm going to have them edit yeah. that out. I don't want to agree with you. I don't <laughs> you won't believe that one. <laughs> All right, guys. Before we, before we took our last break, we were talking about Oakland Raiders and what's going on there. One follow-up question I have for you guys, you know, knowing that they're getting rid of people, do you think that they'll trade Carr, considering that they have three first-round picks in the 2019 draft and two first-round picks in the 2020 draft? J.J.? I don't think so. I have not read or heard anything 
stating that Gruden does not like Carr and that he wants another guy. And I mean, Carr is a young player. Uh, he obviously has great ability. Gruden still has the opportunity to groom him and to, you know, mentor him to play within his offense. Plus, I, there's not a lot of big names coming out next year. The biggest name for quarterback position, ironically, is from my school, Justin Herbert. Uh, they're saying he could be the number one pick, but Oregon, the word in Oregon is that he's going to stay in, that he's going to play a senior year, and he's not going to come out. So um, I don't see any other quarterback that could come in and play better than Carr. You know, So I think they're going to use their picks elsewhere. Okay. James? Well, I don't disagree with you on that, J.J. I kind of heard that Carr is going to be the next one shipped out of there. Um, they yeah, Carr, I, I heard the same um, thing, yeah. They, they said Gruden, um, Dottie could had him a great quarterback in car and found out that it's not what he thought with car, you know. Um, mm. You know, that's what I heard, you know, and I heard he's next one going to get traded out of there, you know, so look for him to be out of there. And, and I think they will try and go for a young quarterback. I heard the guy from Oregon, too, um, but I didn't know he wasn't coming out, but I heard there was another guy, a uh, quarterback, I can't think, but he wasn't rated high as the Oregon guy, but but, you know, you got to look at, too, um, Prescott was a seventh-round pick from a small school, you know. Look at him, you know. So, mm-hmm. so but, um, yeah, Carr's car out of there, J.J. Watt. Is it going to be this year or it's going to be, you know, um, them trading him off? But they're going to get something for him. He's gone. Who's the backup? They get Carr out of there. Do they have somebody already on the roster, or are they? Are you thinking they're going to go grab someone? I don't know they who's the backup. It don't matter. Buffalo yeah. Bills. But, yeah, well, it don't matter who the backup because they're dumping this season anyway, you know. Correct. <laughs> so they don't really care, you know. They ain't winning with Carr. So the other guy, what's he going to do? Do the same thing, lose? So I think they're dumping this season. They know they got to keep dumping, you know, the rest of the year. Um, yeah, Carr be gone. He'll be gone. Interesting. Isn't that interesting how the game is? Because I remember in preseason and the first part of the season, they were going on and on about how Gruden loves Carr. He loves him so much. But look how look at how that's changed over, you know, the period of six weeks or whatever, how from what you guys just described, now his viewpoint of Carr is different. I mean, it's, the game of football is so fragile. And, and what I always tell players, I just say, you know, do your job. Play hard, do your job, because if the team you're with doesn't like you, there's always another team that does. You just, you just don't mm-hmm. know the unpredictability of the game. You yep. know what I heard, though, J.J., I think Chris heard it, too. I can't remember who it was from. But it was, a, it was a reliable source that Gruden, when he was doing that quarterback thing, you know, how he do that when mm-hmm. he was up for years. Yes, yes. You know, when he got back to coaching, the game had changed. It's a lot different, they say. And he's not with it, so he thought Carr was going to be this, well, he'd be designing these plays on, you know, ESPN with these quarterbacks and out of college. It's a lot different now than when Gruden coached in um, 1908, you know, and he couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't face true. Carr where Carr was. I think you heard that too, Chris. And, and now he's like, okay, now I got to go back to um, give me these college kids where I was sitting down with them, it would be better for me to coach them because I can't coach Carr. You know, and he thought Carr was that all-system quarterback would be, and, and look what happened. He fell out of love with him, and now he's dumping everybody. So I think mm. the game has changed for Gruden. He don't know how to coach the game. Um, look at Chip Kelly. Don't know how to coach yeah. the game. You know, yeah. so that's what I think. It's and I think Carr... Um, he had that good year, but I just think I didn't think he was that good. Mm-hmm. So speaking of of teams that are bombing, Jacksonville Jaguars. Do you think they should make a deal for a quarterback by Tuesday's trade deadline? JJ. Ooh, ooh, man, that's a that's a good question. Um, I guess it really comes down to how much confidence they have in the backup. Uh, what was his name? Wrestler or oh. Casey or something like that. Um, you know, and, and I'll tell you, Chris, this is the advantage of when you're playing on a team because um, you see the quarterbacks in practice, you see the films, you know the guys that can play. And, you know, case in point, last year 
when Patrick Mahomes was running the scout team, all the players this year are like, oh, we already knew he could ball. We saw him every day. You know, so I would love to get that player's perspective because I don't know how good the backup is, and that's, that's the million-dollar question. So um, time will tell. But I'll tell you one thing. I wish that the cornerback would stop talking so much. I wish that some of these players would stop talking so much and make, bringing so much attention to the, their team, um, you know, given the upcoming opponents, the extra incentive to play hard. I think it was Jalen Ramsey. I mean, he's a great quarterback, but I just think sometimes when these players are doing it, it's a distraction. It really can be a distraction. So, you know, why would you want to give a professional team more incentive to play you harder? You know, I just, I don't get that, but um, they better mm-hmm. figure something out because they're not, they didn't look too good last week. Uh, I, I, um, I forgot the question. <laughs> Do you think they should they should uh, trade for another quarterback? Oh God, I was thinking, but you know what? They they watch this. Derek Carr gonna end up being traded there. Watch, I guarantee something gonna happen with him and going there. Watches and you gonna mm. see that um he's gonna get traded and um Jackson be able to take that. But I'm all with you. You know, I was listening to a friend of mine, Chris Carter, and them talk, and they say it's one thing talk. But then when you, you get your butt kicked, you ain't talking. Now you're shutting your mouth. Keep talking. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, uh, mm-hmm. just like, you know, and he's like, you know, uh, and Dion was saying too, you know. Dion said, I didn't talk like that. I didn't go and, you know, disrespect nobody, you know. Shut your mouth and play yeah. the game. Isn't that what the Giants owner told Odell? I want to see you yeah. play more than you talking, you know. Yeah. You know, so I think yeah. I agree with you. You know, he ran his mouth. Now they're having this bad season. That what happens when you run your mouth, you know. And um, I ran my mouth with Philly, you know, talking about, oh, they're going to do it again, run past people, and look what happened. Uh-huh. Now, I shut, now I shut my mouth up, J.J. I don't say a word. <laughs> J.J., I can't yeah. spell Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you but make a good point, though, because right, I though. played against Dion. Sanders several times. Dion did not talk trash outside of the game. Now, Dion talked trash during the game, you know, and he backed it up. But when the game was over, he wasn't, you know, talking trash and talking about teams and players and all that. He, he did it talking on the field. And you just see more and more players doing that today, which I, I just I don't get it. You know, I really don't get it. I agree with you on that. Well, I, so so JJ, it's been it's been great having you on again. You know, hopefully maybe we can we can bring you back again, convince you to come on one more time for the season. But uh, oh, yeah, meantime, absolutely, especially after my boys get to the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Just just for that, I'll, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna reach out to you. I'm reaching out to yeah, you. Right. <laughs> so, anyway, it's been great having you on again. Uh, we got to go, but you know we'll be back next Wednesday. JJ, thank you very much. We'll, we'll definitely have you on again, and uh, you have a great week. Thank you, JJ. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. 